The Daily Rios, episode 348 for Tuesday, August 30th, 2016. Aaron said I couldn't do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. This is Feedback Friday on a Tuesday. So there. (laughs) I have to start by sending good thoughts and energies to Bruce Rosenberger and his family. Bruce was in a bad accident yesterday, and he's going to be fine. But he has some injuries that will take time for recovery. I've known Bruce for many years. He is from the Allentown area, and he was the first in-studio guest of Comic Geek Speak when we used to record in Brian Deemer's home. Um, He is the dean of comics podcasting. He runs the Comics Cast podcast. He is the one of the creators behind Dutchy Dutchy Digest, which we always love. And I just wanted to send some thoughts his way. And if anybody out there knows Bruce uh, and, you know, you want to send him a Facebook message, that would be cool. Okay, so this is a listener feedback episode. Uh, I've compiled feedback, some of the feedback. I've read it all, but I've compiled just some of it ever since the De La Rio started back up on August 1st. It hasn't always been consistent. Aaron thinks I should call it the random Rios. Ha ha. But 14 episodes and one tower episode later, I wanted to just let the listeners have their say, whether they uh, wrote through Facebook or Twitter, uh, sent an email, or commented on the website. So we will start with the Daily Rios episode 335, which was August's Timeline Tuesday. This is from Al Sedano. He says, August 1991 was 25 years ago. Now I feel old, as that was the summer right before my junior year of high school. Armageddon 2001 was the intro for me to a lot of DC, and obviously I was a big fan of Infinity Gauntlet. I was also a big fan of Impact Comics. The Fly was my favorite with that great Mike Parabek art. I must make two confessions. First, I'm with you on the Steve Epting era of Avengers. I really remember loving that arc with the Gatherers. Second confession... I think I have every issue of NFL Super Pro. However, never cared about the NFL itself. Go figure. Well, Al, the summer right before my junior year of high school sounds like everyone's golden age of reading comics, doesn't it? Now, the summer before my junior year of high school was, let's see, 1988. I think that's actually when I stopped reading comics for a while. So I actually had two golden age of reading comics. Um, The first time... When I really got into comics in 1982, 1983, and the second, right around 1991, which is the year that I covered, one of the years that I covered in that Timeline Tuesday episode, and I had been away for about two, three years and jumped back in. So all of that stuff from 1991, 1990-91, I was reading new, and it did feel like a second golden age. Al's comment also clued me in on Mike Parabek, which I knew from Justice Society. So he had a, uh, let's see, I think it was about 10 issues, a short-lived Justice Society of America series from 1992 to 1993. But I didn't know he was on the fly. I, I didn't really read the impact line. But he was on the fly. He was also on the 16-issue El Diablo series from 1989 with Gerard Jones. He did the four-issue miniseries of Elongated Man with Gerard Jones, and he was on a a chunk of books for Batman Adventures. And then what I didn't know is that he died at age 30 in 1996 from complications with diabetes. Um, 
from what I read, uh, it sounds like he was a really troubled artist. Um, George Corey of Comic Book Fever uh, wrote up uh, kind of like a, you know, a, a retrospective of Mike Parabek, which I found and read. So I will link that in the show notes so you can read that as well. He was a fantastic artist. His art style was, um, you could you could almost say his art style was in league with Darwin Cook, animation style, uh, but n- he knew he was drawn for comics. Um, and it just was something that at that time was nice to look at. So I will include that link so you can read up on Mike Parabek. Uh, episode two, let's see, episode 338 was a feedback request, not only for Feedback Friday, but just in terms of what episodes of the Daily Rios did listeners enjoy and what did they want to hear more of. And across the board, the most requested episode was Musical Monday, so I clearly have to get back to that. And both Chris Beckett and John Griggis said that they really enjoyed that the episodes were bite-sized, short episodes that they could listen to on their commute or that they could listen to between longer episodes of some of the other podcasts that they listened to. So that was interesting to know. I received quite a few of those particular feedback uh, requests, and I really enjoyed everybody's comments. And please, if you um, uh, haven't heard that episode or if you want to send in your comments on the type of episodes that you enjoy or just things about the podcast, I'm always open to hear or read what you have to say. Chris also commented... He said, in that same vein, I think it would be interesting to hear a series of episodes about those early days of collecting. What did it feel like? What were the characters and series that really got you jazzed? How did you discover some of your favorite series? What was the first George Perez book you ever got? Pretty sure mine was Crisis Number 8, he says. No doubt they would mirror most everyone's experiences who would be listening and again be a great jumping off point for discussion on the site. Chris, those are all great ideas, especially... Uh, for nostalgia-driven topics. <laughs> um, maybe I can include something like that with uh, like a Throwback Thursday type episode. So uh, I'll give that some thought and uh, get back to you soon. All right, episode 340, A Thought for Thursday. This is from Ken from HeroicTimes.wordpress.com. He asks, was that Walter Cronkite on Senator McCarthy? Very good quote, he said. It was on Senator McCarthy, but it was by Edward R. Murrow. Back in 2005, when George Clooney directed and co-wrote the Good Night and Good Luck film with David Strathairn as Edward R. Murrow, when that came out, I I latched onto it for some reason. I just really enjoyed it and um, read up a lot on Edward R. Murrow and things he had to say. So that clip, I originally was going to pull it from the movie and, and decided, uh, you know what, I'll just pull it right from a clip of Edward R. Murrow himself. Most of those thoughts for Thursdays or even Monday musings, which I used to do way back, are reactions to something that I've read that day, a news report or some political thing or a a new story. Um, And instead of editorializing and, you know, coming up with things to say in reaction to whatever it is I'm feeling at that time, Um, either because of lack of time or just lack of the way to say it. You know, sometimes I can trip over my own words. Sometimes what I do is I just find something that comments on the situation better than I ever could. And that's sort of how I felt that day. Uh, With the way things are shaping up, 
uh, towards election day. I wouldn't be surprised if you hear some more. All right, episode 342 was seven fave films. Uh, a bunch of people asked what were the films because what I did was I um, played the most iconic theme song that went with that film or what I think is the most iconic theme song. So they were like, okay, well, what were they? So these were the seven films that I put. Um, the Graduate, Jaws, Saturday Night Fever, Apocalypse Now, Superman, The Movie, Less Than Zero, and Grease. And of course, the songs that went with them were Sounds of Silence from Graduate, uh, John Williams' theme song from Jaws, The Bee Gees and Saturday Night Fever, The Doors for Apocalypse Now, John Williams for Superman, The Bangles for Less Than Zero, and Frankie Valli for Grease which all led to a bunch of feedback. Ken of, of Heroic Times again, he wrote a whole bunch of his favorites, things like The Third Man, uh, Lion and Winter, Superman Avengers, Winter Soldier, Blade Two, Reservoir Dogs. Um, he had like categories, uh, like Best Directorial Debut, Images, Long Goodbye, Seppuku, things like 12 Angry Men, um, Best Avant-Garde uh, Collaboration, Greed, Sunrise, Metropolis, Best Silent Film. Uh, which were all great. All A lot of those I've never seen. And Mr. Phil, Mr. Phil, he commented, Apocalypse Now strikes me as an odd choice for you, curious as to what draws you strongly to it. Uh, he loves it too, though I may perhaps like the Hearts of Darkness documentary even more than the film itself. And really, that's the reason. I had to read Heart of Darkness uh, by Joseph Conrad, um, in my first year of college, I believe, which eventually led to the movie and this visceral reaction I had to it. Um, it's hard to explain. Um, you know, when you when you read about it and you f see these young actors and filmmakers trying to make this movie and all the hurdles and all the personal things they were going through and what they did to get certain scenes, for someone like me and especially as an actor – that's just something you always hope to strive for, right? Like the realness, the rawness being captured on film or in a story or in a comic or in a theater production or a play. Um, some of this speaks to something else Phil says. He says, less than zero. I know that you also love the similar Bright Lights Big City, so I'm curious as to what draws you to these. Did you have a teenage cocaine addiction in the 1980s. Love you. No, I did not have any addiction. If I had any addiction as a kid, it was just for the traumatic, for the tragic. I didn't glorify it. I didn't copy it. I didn't turn myself into a cocaine addict. Um, but emotions and raw energy, uh, certainly if you read the book Less Than Zero, it's even more tragic and more vapid and more horrific than the movie is. Less Than Zero, Bright Lights, Big City uh, by Jay McNearney, Story of My Life by Jay. Um, and it doesn't always go for like the dramatic or tragic. Sometimes it's the romantic, the romance angle. You know, I talk about Scott Pilgrim and how it's a romantic book, but it's romantic in the tragic sense. It's it's a romance in the sense of like Romeo and Juliet. You know, it's going to end badly for the for obvious reasons, right? I think that's what my love of Less Than Zero was. It just was something that was, oof, you, you watch it and you almost can't watch it. Um, and there's something about those movies that um, speak to me for one reason or another. And it goes no deeper than that. It goes no deeper than watching 
events in people's lives that shape them one way or another and um, the reactions that they have and the wrong choices that they make. Yeah, I, I, I have to put it down to that. It doesn't always make sense. It's always not the right choice. Sometimes it's just reactionary. And, uh, you know, that's stuff that happens in real life. And, you know, I, I guess I appreciate some of that stuff for <laughs> one reason or another. Um, let's see. Eric, he asks, how many comics are you reading regularly these days? And I would say, boy, that's a that's a loaded question because I jump around um, – I know how many books I collect. I collect a lot of stuff from DC and other companies and barely anything from Marvel these days. I'm going back. I find myself going back to reading Silver Age Fantastic Four and early Kid Flash stories and Marvel Cosmic as it was being born and leading up to the Dan DiDio, Jeff Johns era of DC Comics in the uh, early 2000s. You know, So I'm bouncing all over the place. As far as current comics, yeah, I collect them. I don't really read them, but I'm trying to get better at that. He also says, you mentioned years ago about checking out Emma Rios's work because of her name, of course. Uh, what do you think of her work now? And I still enjoy it. She put out a trade paperback called ID from Image a few weeks back, and I have that in my to-read pile. Um, I think it's very expressive. It also, almost feels like... Uh, like she would be a student of um, Esteban Maroto in a weird sort of way. It's very fluid and very magical. And look, her last name is Rio, so I'm going to get everything she gets. Although I haven't really, I didn't pick up those Island Magazine things. So I may have to look at that at some point. Chuck Coletta writes in to say, Kent State, State University and the Cleveland Public Library are having a symposium on Wonder Woman next month, which is really cool. Uh, let's see, they are doing a conference between the dates of September 22nd and the 24th. You can go to kent.edu slash wonderwoman for the full schedule, and they're going to have uh, speakers, whether in person or via Skype, such as Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, uh, Phil Jimenez, Cameron Stewart, Trina Robbins, of course, Carol Tilly. Uh, let's see, they're going to have Laurel Siegel, who is the daughter of Jerry Siegel, and Peter Coogan, and a whole bunch of others. That sounds really awesome and uh, a nice way to celebrate um, her 75th anniversary. Slowly, I th I'm finding that I'm becoming more and more of a fan of her. I've always been. I, I look at my collection and I see how many Wonder Woman comics I actually have. And I've been trying to seek out some Bronze Age era comics from her. Um, I certainly always enjoyed the George Perez run, the Phil Jimenez run. I even enjoyed the Burn run, the John Byrne run for, for a while. And it looks like her new series during DC Rebirth is kicking off into, uh, you know, into a good place. Uh, her movie debut was amazing. And, uh, you know, she's just a character that has a lot of rich history and deserves a spotlight like that. So that's awesome. All right, so I have to give a big thank you to everyone on Twitter who has favorited or especially retweeted any of the episode posts. That's been amazing. Uh, I've been dropping a few episodes on Facebook, mostly ones not dealing with comics, to see what the reaction would be. And so far, so good on that front. If you've emailed, if you've direct messaged me, commented on the website, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's just really great to hear from everyone. 
uh, and I will do this again. I will do a feedback Friday, maybe on a Friday. <laughs> um, I'm going to wait and do it per month just to see how much feedback I actually get. But I enjoy getting all the feedback, good or bad, and I enjoy hearing from everybody, and um, it just makes it all worth it. Again, I want this to be a communication, a dialogue, and hopefully things that I say inspire you to do your own podcast or blog post or make you look at your collection and pick out a book you haven't read before um, or pick up something that you maybe didn't think about that you would like. Uh, you can reach me through Twitter, Facebook, email, peteratthedailyrails.com, the website. You can write an iTunes review. And uh, I think we will leave with uh, something that's uh, appropriate from recent events. So talk to you soon. It's only with the heart that one can see clearly. What's essential is invisible to the eye. <laughs>